A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the Kaleidoscope Podcast, where the lore hounds your guides to a multicolor heist. I'm John. And I'm David. And this is our coverage of the Netflix original series, Kaleidoscope, the pink episode, which is six months after the heist. Each podcast, we're going to cover an episode of this unique show that allows you to watch in any order you want. We will avoid spoilers for the other episodes on each podcast until the final episode, which should be white for all viewers. Check the show notes for our full watch order. In this episode, we'll be doing a scene-by-scene breakdown of the episode titled Pink. As Netflix has randomized the viewing order for each user, be sure to manually select each episode if you want to follow along with us. A reminder, you can send us feedback to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com or leave us a voicemail at thelorehounds.com slash contact. And we'll get to those on our season wrap-up podcast, which is now combined with the White episode, and that will air on Saturday, January 28th. If you want to keep talking Kaleidoscope with us, join us over at the Bald Move Discord, link in the show notes and at baldmove.com. We have a well-moderated server and dedicated thread set up for Kaleidoscope. Each episode is siloed so you can join the conversations at any time without fear of spoilers. A quick reminder about our Patreon. If you like what we're doing and you feel like you would like to support us directly, check us out at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. For just $3 a month, you get ad-free versions of all of our podcasts, early access, and more. Of course, you can get our ad-supported podcasts on our Lorehounds feed by searching for us on your podcast application of choice or using our new subscription tool on thelorehounds.com. So David, what were your impressions of Pink? This was a tough episode to watch in a lot of ways because we've been with all these characters through a whole bunch of stuff now, and this episode was just ugly (laughs) in a lot of ways. It was just, it was really rough. And not all the outcomes, like this is not um, uh, a Cinderella story by any means. Right. So it was tough. It was tough to watch. Yeah, you know... I got to say, if this was your first episode, I don't know if you continue. (laughs) Maybe write in. If this was your first episode, definitely write in, because I'm curious if you kept going, if you just came in to chat with us for this one episode, and uh, then you stopped because it was too depressing. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, we don't want to get into the whole um, 
issue yet on on this part of the podcast about like you know the how you know oh you can watch it in any order and all this kind of stuff there are definitely episodes that i think were not good choices for potential first viewing right um i think this one i think maybe violet those yeah i i, I agree with you if you if this was your first one it, it could be tough and i don't wonder because we've heard some new you know some there's some articles out there some people did some sleuthing that maybe it wasn't truly as random as Netflix was billing. Like they may have sort of pushed forward several blocks of order, you know, like, oh, there's like an A, a B, and a C block, and each one had an, a particular order. So I don't think it was truly randomized. There will be no eight-sided die at Netflix. <laughs> Allusion to, to, um, to uh, Jim and Aaron rolling dice to, to pick <laughs> the, the episode orders. Um, that said, um, if you did see this one as your first, definitely let us know, because we'd love to hear your impressions. Yeah, you know, I'll say this. I watched this again today to do the outline. Uh -huh. um, this was my second time, and I did like it better this time. After seeing White, after seeing everything else, right. I do think that it is a nice last episode, and it says a lot of interesting things, which is why the random order doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Because yeah. I do think that this gave me a lot of good closure. And yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I think that this should have just been the last episode. It means what about a white, you know, starting off with white and then ending with pink. And then in the middle, you could just do a bunch of a big scramble. But that, that would, would be interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you got like all the stakes and the, you know, you got the heist and, and how, and then like there's all kinds of elements in there like, well, how did this end up being? And how did that end up being? And then they could unfold that in the middle and then give you pink at the end where it's like, hmm. Yeah, things didn't work out necessarily the way that everybody thought that they would. Yeah, I still think Yellow was my favorite opener, mm, and that might yeah. just be because it opened for me. But yeah, I think that that is a great episode that like sort of introduces everybody in an interesting way and sets the stakes. So I think that's the best opener, but I think mm. Pink would be the best closer. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, that's right. We, 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 we started with Yellow, and I, I do agree that that was a really good one to start with. Yeah. All right, David, well, let's get into our scene-by-scene -scene breakdown. Now, I've combined some scenes here and sort of jumped around a little bit to make it make sense, keep some uh, of the same characters working in the same paragraph. So if you are seeing something out of order, that's just because I'm trying to make it a little bit more linear. Did the message in the medium, uh, is this a shippy test situation? No, I'm kidding, sorry. I don't <laughs> no, want to There will be no shippy test on this podcast. We're not right. going that deep here. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, so first off, Bob shaves his scarred neck while Nazan outlines the still-off-the-grid heist crew to her team of FBI agents. Leo returns home with shaking hands. What happened to Bob, right? Like, big What question. did happen to Bob? Yeah, very scary. Because I think in some of the, well, we, we can't talk about other episodes, but yeah, it's, um, this one is, is clearly, uh, it's a nice setup for stuff that's going to pay off later, for sure. Yeah. It's good tease. Definitely. Not much to say about this part, so let's move on. Bob gets approval to visit Roger in prison and asks him for $50,000 to get revenge using a text-to-speech app. Roger agrees as long as Bob kills Leo Pop. So Roger in prison. Um, again, yeah, if you didn't know who Roger was, like, why is this dude in prison and why does he want to kill this guy, Leo? <laughs> right. I think they uh, made clear that, like, Roger was the one they robbed when Bob explains, right. like, I was one of the crew that took everything from you. 
Right. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Good. Good. So you do know a little bit here. Um, and again, I think that this show does do a good job of like making excuses for characters to do some exposition with dialogue mm-hmm. um, just to tell the audience like that was a good example. Right. All right. So Leo struggles through his daily routine and dodges calls from Stan asking for the bonds. Later, Leo struggles with a swimming physical therapy session and Ava picks him up. These were tough, tough scenes to to watch with uh, Leo, um, clearly uh, suffering the effects of his uh, um, condition. Mysterious condition. Yes, the mysterious condition, um, which is, seems to be a real condition. I think in another podcast, you theorized that it might not have been a theory. Uh, right. So no, I've been proven wrong here. Taking some internet points off your, your table there. I have some um, to spare. Take all you want. Fair enough. <laughs> I have seven billion dollars in internet points. <laughs> internet bonds. Internet bonds. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, tough. And uh, again, we see uh, again we we see Ava and uh, Leo here very well, very strongly connected, very bonded. Um, a lot of of care uh, from uh, Ava towards Leo. Yeah, there's an intimacy here. Yeah. All right, so Bob hires two men to help him recover the bonds and kill the crew. On the road, one of the henchmen recommends a relationship podcast to Bob (laughs) to help win Judy back. The men force the fence to tell them where Leo and Ava are and then kill the fence. Okay, first of all, I just want to say, I looked up the woman's name who hosts the podcast to see if uh-huh. it's a, is it a real podcast. It is not a real podcast. Okay, all right. I thought that would be so funny if they picked a real like relationship right. skills podcast, but they did not. I'm sure there is similar content out there. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they modeled it off of something. Right. Um, this very much had uh, echoes of Fargo for me, the, the movie, the original movie. Okay. With uh, Steve Buscemi and uh, his uh, partner and... Sort of, or or even, um, oh, what was the guy Richie movie with the guns, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, like the two mm-hmm. bumbling sort of criminals. Like, oh, this is like you could just tell, like straight away, nothing good is going to come from you know this uh, triumvirate and their um, their hunt for Leo and the crew. It's going to get messy. Bob is only slightly more competent than them. He's like better at committing crimes than they are. <laughs> But he is certainly not a smarter person than they are. Mm. So anyway, they get the information from the fence, right? So that's a big deal. That is the first time that somebody has figured out how to get to somebody. And and this is maybe the fault of Ava for being sloppy enough to let Bob find out where the fence was. Because Ava definitely left some loose ends. And like, why does the fence know where Ava is? Right, right. Sloppy. I think everybody's kind of panicking and sloppy and being sloppy here. I think everyone's kind of like, well, if we get caught, we get caught now. We already lost the bonds. Right. Okay, Stan and Judy run a con on someone to sell them cheap wine at a premium price. Stan chickens out, Judy hallucinates RJ, and Stan and Judy argue about whether Leo will help them. Yeah, I did. I was so confused at the initial part of the scene because I really did. I thought they were like, are they actually in South Africa? Like, what are they, you know, what's going on here? But it turns out they're just in the Carolinas or something. Right, yeah. It was uh, an interesting accent that each of them put on. Yeah, that's um, right. And uh, I'll give you $200 to split that with me right now. <laughs> it, it's such, it was such an obvious con. It was such an obvious con. I know. But Captain Charleston was buying it. Yep, he was. And such, a, such small stakes, too. I know. 
I know. But I guess I mean, it, it belies their um, their desperation. And I will say I did appreciate that they carry the third line of like stand as a food snob and is like, no, mm-hmm. you can't just tell them it tastes like this. They'll be able to tell what the wine tastes like. And Judy's like, no, they won't. <laughs> what do you think? Where do you fall on this? Um, they both have points, I think. Uh, I think it's true. I, th- I think for if you're not trained, I think you could be easily led astray. But it, like if you do have some training and some experience, I think uh, uh, you cannot be fooled. So. I mean, I think that guy could be f- totally fooled. I totally agree. Right. Their, their mark was a, it was a mark. <laughs> right. <laughs> for sure. Easy for mark. For sure. Easy mark. Almost as easy as Albie from the White Lotus. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Albie. Uh, I miss Albie, too. The White Lotus won a lot of awards, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see how drunk Mike White was at the, uh, at the uh, Golden Globes? No. Lotus? No, I didn't see. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I recommend everyone go watch that video. He's like... Okay. He, he was like, uh, you know, complimenting everybody. And then he's like, well, this feels good to be up here because all you people passed on my show. <laughs> <laughs> In so your face. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah. No, that was a good that was a good speech. Go look it up on YouTube. Anyway. Yes, I think that Judy has a point. I also think that Stan is just an anxious person. And Stan yeah. is uh, definitely the more cautious of the two. So this thing with Judy thinking that she sees RJ in the hallway, I was trying to figure what that was about. I mean, like, why does she have that stuck in his head? Something must have happened in the White episode uh, with RJ and her. So obviously setting us up for some sort of um, crises between Judy and RJ. Right. I mean... At that point, I, w- I will say, when I saw this episode, I was like, is he just missing? Like, did he just disappear during it? That's right, because we don't see RJ at all in this one. And especially because you don't know where the bonds are. Right. Like, did RJ right. take the bonds? My thought mm. was, like, did she see RJ and go like, oh, crap, he has the bonds. Maybe he's here to give them to us. Or maybe he's, mm-hmm. you know, hiding out here, too. But he has the money and we can get it from him. Uh, but I think it was a desperation thing at that point. But then, you know, now I'm spoiled for other stuff. Right. Fair enough. All right, so Stan tells Judy he burned down his life for this, but it was worth it if he can be with her. They discuss options to make money, and she gives him a bracelet to pawn. Stan tries to pawn the bracelet, and the pawn shop worker recognizes it. Yeah, um, tough to talk about this bracelet without spoiling any other episodes, but if you've seen other episodes, you know the significance of this bracelet. Right. And if you haven't seen the other episodes, this bracelet is significant. And you know what, like, you know enough from the end of this episode that, like, it is something that can be linked to these people. Right. There is a reason that Nizan chases this. Right. Exactly. And uh, it's it's clearly uh, a device that has a lot of um, ramifications across the entire storyline. Right. This is the inciting incident, really. Kind of. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. The 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 coming into possession of the bracelet in uh, God, what episode was that? Was that blue or I don't remember. I believe that was uh, green. It was early on green. No, okay. it was yellow. Yeah. It was yellow. It was the first one we watched. Oh, okay. But yeah, I think you're right. Uh, this this coming into possession of this um, uh, bracelet has huge ramifications that echo across the entire heist um scenario uh so pretty important little piece of pretty important little trinket did Chekhov manufacture this one too it's totally like the yeah Chekhov's (laughs) maker's mark is totally stamped in the back of the silver of uh of this bracelet man maybe he has the seven billion yeah (laughs) 
but he's dead, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, Nizan is told to stop messing with the triplets and that she has two weeks left for her investigation. And later, Nizan gets a call that leads her to go to South Carolina and follow the lead of the pawn shop. Well, here we have Nizan pushing boundaries again and, and causing troubles. Yeah. She doesn't know when to stop, but also this is a good lead. This is a good lead. So yeah, I think that lead. if this one doesn't work out, she should stop. But who knows? <laughs> I guess we do because we finished the episode already. That's right. Leo has a seizure and fantasizes about another heist with Ava. She says she wants Ray and tells him to answer the stack of letters from Hannah, his daughter. Ava answers Stan's phone and learns that the pawnbroker clocked the bracelet. Yeah, so just more uncomfortable. Um, like, none of these characters, like, it's... I guess you could kind of put this together if you haven't seen any of the other episodes. But these characters are all reaping, I guess, what they've sown? Because this is just, they're, they're living in desperate straits. Things are not going well. There's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, and um, not fun to watch these characters sort of slip down these slopes. No, it's a super depressing episode. But like yeah. I said, actually, I liked it a lot better the second time. I thought this was one of the better done episodes. Maybe from a story construction standpoint? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. It felt very nicely tied up at the end, and I felt like things that should have been left open were left open. Uh-huh. So, yeah. No, I like this one. Fair enough. All right. So Bob listens to his relationship podcast, writes letters to Judy, and then beats up one of the henchmen because they read his letters. <laughs> oh, God. This was just funny. Yeah. It's just uh, it's, it's a, a fun take on the, on the whole self-help um, industry. And then to have a, uh, such an odious guy like Bob actually doing the work, right? You know, and trying Is to he? Like, be a better human being. Well, he's doing it for selfish reasons, right? He just wants Judy back. I want to break our patterns right after I kill Stan. Is that really doing the work or is that just like no. saying what a podcaster said to say? Well, he's, yeah, it's, it's a means <laughs> to an end to him, right? He's, he's got one thing on his mind and that's get Judy back and, and kill Leo. Right. Oh, and get the bonds. I think, I think he would sacrifice Judy. If, if, if it were the bonds or Judy, he would sacrifice Judy. I don't know. That's debatable, I think. Because he does right. seem pretty fixated on her. Yeah, I, I, I still think he'd take the money over her. Well, we'll never know, will we? No, certainly not. Okay, so Leo and Ava confirm that Stan blew their cover and learn that the fence got taken out and decide to leave. Bob yeah. and his henchmen arrive at Leo and Ava's house and get into a shootout with Ava. Ava kills one of the hired men, but is captured. Bob uses text-to-speech to threaten her and ask for his cut. As Bob searches the house, he is hit by Teresa with a cleaver in the shoulder. I, <laughs> the shootout with Ava, like, well, I love the fact that she's just literally guns stashed in everywhere, yeah. but that her and this guy just keep missing each other is like so infuriating. I mean, it's comic relief kind of stuff. They may as well be stormtroopers. Right, right. Just hitting the, the broad side of the hangar here with their blasters. But it does create some nice dramatic tension and some comic relief. And obviously it sort of plays out later on in the episode. But good Lord, like, you know, this cleaver on the shoulder thing, like, uh, I think, I think if it were like you or I, like that was, that's it. We were, we're out. But Bob, like, ah, oh, it's a flesh wound. 
Yeah, he's he's like Darth Maul. Hate preserves him. Right, it's completely. <laughs> he really is on a mission. He really yeah. does have a heart of darkness. I will say I love the music during the shootout. Uh-huh. Okay. Really fun. I think that it, it added sort of a whimsical layer to it, even though people were like dying <laughs> during it. Right. <laughs> um, I do like that she immediately gets one of the henchmen. Yeah, right. And then the, the, the more stupid one, I guess. Right. Maybe. And then they get the, the, the shootout and she has all her guns in throughout the house. That was a super nice detail. I think that was very characteristic of her. Yep. Yeah. Um, really great scene overall. I mean, I like that the only thing that got her was somebody she really didn't expect. Right. Yeah, exactly. We we kind of in the back of our minds knew that Bob was lurking out there. But yeah, she had no idea that Bob was there. She just suddenly has like, they know their, their cover is blown and they're trying to get out. And then, yeah, she's focused on the immediate visible threat, not the, the hidden one. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ava is somebody who plans for everything, mm-hmm. but she can't plan for the dead to come back to life. Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, is that a spoiler? I don't think so, because okay. you know, Bob says several times they left him for dead. Oh, that's right, right. And they, they're surprised, right? Yeah, there's like a surprise when... The, right. Yeah, so... Everybody's surprised that Bob is alive. Yeah, for sure. All right, after threatening to kill Ava, Bob gets Teresa to call Leo. Leo gives Bob the rest of the money they have left and tells them that they don't have the bonds. Bob forces Leo to give him Stan's location, and Leo arranges a meetup. Leo, Ava, and Teresa are taken hostage. Ugh, messy, 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 messy stuff. Yeah. Um, was there a code there? That was a code, like Leo and, and Stan had some code set up? Leo and Ava, I think, had everyone given a code name in the okay. book. So mm-hmm. he was um, Porky, I think. Right. Because he's a butcher. He's, he's a former butcher. Oh, okay. Got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Leo makes a comment like, once a butcher. Right. Yeah, that's right. Because at the beginning of the, well, the beginning, when, when what is the beginning? But anyway, one of the early episodes, um, there is the fact that Stan is uh, involved yeah. in food, uh, in meat processing. Yeah. And he says to um, Judy, when he's like, I lost everything, he's like, I gave up the butcher shop. So they, they right. do drop these in. If you're watching this as your first episode, which I think is a good technique. It's tough to podcast about this, man. There's so many spoilers at this point. <laughs> we want to. It sure to is. Spell. It sure is. But we've only got one more non-spoiler episode left after this. So let's let's finish this Soldier up. on. Um, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna do some montages. And we're back and ready to drive down Montage Boulevard. Uh, Bob drives all night to get to Stan and Judy. Leo and Ava share a tender moment in the hostage situation. The hostages escape their bonds. And then Bob, Judy, Stan, and the FBI all arrive at the Smashing Crab. The Smashing Crab. Yeah, so Bob is just being fueled by rage at this point, right? First of all, how long has he been awake? I guess he slept a little bit before... Oof. He got to Ava and Leo's house. Right. But how much did he really sleep? Because he was writing letters half the night. Right. <laughs> so this guy's running on like no sleep. He's not critically right. thinking. Not that he had much of that in him to begin with. Mm. And uh, he's just <laughs> bleeding from the shoulder. <laughs> blood and loss. Ready yes. to ready right? to get some more blood. Gosh. Yeah. Driven. He's a driven man. Okay. I will say this too. With Stan and Judy getting ready, I have in the back of my head 
that Bob says to uh, his henchman, hey, if I don't give you a call by 1015, shoot the rest of them. Right. Yeah. That and would Judy's be standard like, operating. Fine. Procedure. We can be late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God, Leo's going to die because of because Judy they're being doing late. her makeup. Right. Exactly. So stupid. Um, and that did not happen, thankfully. Next montage. The FBI try to arrest Bob and kill him in a shootout while Stan eats his eight Langua tacos. Ava and Teresa die in a shootout with the henchman, but Leo kills him and escapes. Judy finds Bob's car and the money and decides to leave Stan, it seems like. Leo holds Ava's body alone. Yeah, this is where it, it's tough. Like, the that we lose uh, Ava, we lose Teresa. Like, I was kind of upset at that because I was hoping that they... Like, I was hoping that Ava was going to be badass enough to be able to um, kill this stupid henchman once and for right. all. Like, it really annoys me that, like, that guy, like, got a shot off on her and, and killed her. That really, uh, it's just, yeah, it just, you know, um, it's sad because Ava is such a, a cool operator. Right. But Ava inflicts a lot of pain, too. And I mean, part of this is luck and their luck ran out. Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody's luck ran out, right, in the in this episode. And that's I think the the hard part about this is is that, yeah, they're all um they're all getting some sort of just desserts, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. I'll say this though. I wish I enjoyed my food as much as Stan enjoys Lingua Tacos. Hey man. Gotta get those Lingua tacos. I, got, I, will I, got nothing, I will never I got nothing to tacos. say about Lingua. Yeah, nothing to say about that. I will say this. Do you think that Judy did leave Stan? Is that what they were telegraphing to us? Yeah, I think she probably just bails on the whole situation, right? Like, she's just done with this thing. Um, and probably, like, if she were to stick with Stan, like, for, there, there'd always be, like, there'd always be some memory of the heist and of Bob and the whole thing attached to, to being with Stan. So I think... She's probably finally exercising some some good judgment here and just sailing saying effort to everything and just hitting the road. Okay, counterpoint. Yeah. If Stan had used a napkin for his tacos, she would have stayed. <laughs> the last thing she looks at before she looks at the open road and seems to look like she's gonna leave is Stan taking monstrous bites of these tacos right. and just dripping grease down his face. She's like, Stan, of get this. a napkin. Get a na they're free. They're free, man. Just get some napkins. Maybe that's what uh, turned her off originally in the first place. Maybe Bob is a little bit more tidy when it comes to uh, eating his meals. It could be. Even with one hand. So Bob finally gets his comeuppance. He does. He does. We're done with Bob. Thank Did God. Did you like the pink effect on the sand as he dies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, And all throughout the, the season and all the episodes, the uses of color. Like That's the kind of stuff I like. So if you do that, I'm a sucker for it. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the the whole um, uh, bleed out scene and the pink thing. Yeah, it was it was well done. Yeah, I thought that was good. Leo, Leo and Ava and Teresa. Let's talk about that. That's sad. Yes. What a mess. What does Leo even do from here? Well, uh, yeah, that's. Um, I mean, who who does he have left? Like, if you've you've got to have seen some other episode at this point. Hopefully, this is not your first episode. Uh, but yeah, he's only got one person left and that's his daughter, right? I mean, that's a pretty big person to have left though. Daughter, granddaughter. I mean, right. You know, maybe just make that be enough, man. But it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty dead end road uh, that they all traveled down. Leo's path finally led to destruction. 
is that the morality of of the you know like both he and Roger you know like okay so they're happy go lucky sort of thieves and when Leo turns his mind to vengeance like what does that get him it burns everything down in his life well because they hurt people along the way and then those people need vengeance and it's just a circle of vengeance right right so i guess if that's the moral message of this is like yeah vengeance is not what you think it is it's an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind basically yep. there you go okay sometime later leo video calls and apologizes to hannah who introduces him to his granddaughter lily leo says after he takes care of some things he will visit them all right so yeah it's set up for for the white episode obviously and uh lots of connections back to other episodes because uh, if this is your first one uh do we really know who hannah is or what her relationship to the whole heist situation really was right does she even know about it if you be right. who knows who knows right so Nizan will not let go of the case and the triplet investigation. Later, she gives a stranger directions and falls down and dies a few steps later. Her partner mourns her in her office. So I, we, I do have to say that like this little bit is foreshadowed in another episode. And that yes. the fact that uh, these triplets are so powerful that they could actually hire an assassin who can you know, tap you on the shoulder on a busy street and the next thing you're, you're dead. So, um, yeah. clearly and, it, and a tragic end for Nizan, right? Like, um, you know, we know that she's a, a, a mother and, and she's dealing with a lot of stuff and, and, uh, and was a good agent in many ways. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. tough, a tough end for, for Nizan. No, no happy endings here. No happy endings, except maybe for Toby, her partner. Right. Leo visits Roger and they share a Slim Jim. Roger admits he searched for Hannah for years and gave her something to reach for. Roger and Leo debate why Ray did it and Ray and Roger calls himself Leo's excuse. Roger asks if it was worth it. Leo asks if Roger could have saved Lily that night. He says, I don't know. Uh, again, tough if you've not seen any of the other episodes what this whole conversation is about. Uh, but... Yeah, having our two protagonists having a heart-to-heart, -heart, I really liked that they included this scene in the uh, series, because I think it was really important that we have the closure between Roger and Leo, and one way or another, and I like that they chose to do it in this face-to-face -face meeting. Yeah, I will say this, though, is like, this was meaningful because I've watched most of the other episodes at the point yeah, whether yeah, that I've yeah. seen this. Agreed. It's not at all meaningful if you watch this as the first thing no yeah like who is this guy roger right and it goes to our critique our critique our criticism of the of the series of like you could have a lot of fun mixing up the orders of these things but like lock it down don't make it this you know this randomized uh uh silly game right it would have been a better story if they had just given us an order no matter what that order was agreed like, I've, I've compared it to Vonnegut with Slaughterhouse-Five. Like, you can be artistic with time jumps, but you have yes, to absolutely. intentionally do them. You have to do them in a way that tells the story with the themes that you want to link. Right. So lastly, Leo walks through a park and a mysterious figure points a gun at him from behind and shoots after the fade out. Can I just say I've walked in this tunnel before? This is uh, in Prospect Park. We used to live just uh, not 10 minutes away. Ah, I've been to Prospect Park, but I don't think I've been to that tunnel. Yeah, it's it's up at the top. at sort of the um, 
the where wait, wait, what's the uh, orientation is near Grand Army Plaza. Ah, okay. And when our uh, our child was born, I spent a lot of time in that park walking <laughs> the stroller yeah. uh, stroller walking with other dads. And so, yeah, that yeah, it, it was nice to see that tunnel. Anyway, the botanical garden over there is really wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We used to go there quite a lot, too. So well, great summer night uh, festivals and things like that at the Botanical Gardens. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> uh, mysterious figure. Do we do we talk about this? Who is this? Mystery? We have to talk about this. right? I know who it is, but I don't think that we know in this. So let's just leave it for now. Really? We can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. We'll talk about it on the white episode. All right. But it was uh, I thought it was a bold choice to have this mysterious figure do what they did. Yep. And in some ways, I'm glad that Ray, a.k.a. Leo, that his sort of journey is at an end, his suffering is at an end, and it's just done. If only because Netflix can't cancel the show now. <laughs> we were never getting a season two. Either um, this guy was going to shoot Ray in the head or Netflix was going to shoot Kaleidoscope in the head. <laughs> Netflix likes to shoot a lot of shows in the head these days. It's um, true. It's true. A, no one's digression. Safe. No one. No, that's another digression. But I do I just just the fact that like. It's like, okay, you know, Leo's struggle is over and, and, and is tragic. It's a very tragic story, this kaleidoscope. Like, yep. everybody dies. It's, it's a little bit sad. <laughs> well, Stan and Judy don't, but they also don't have a lot going on either. Right. All right. So I think that's it for our recap. Overall, I would say this was one of the better episodes in the series. Still not great, but mm -hmm. good. Solidly good. Good, actually. You know, they did spend a lot of time and effort on that shootout scene, so that got a thumbs up for me. It was, I mean, you know, okay, you say what you will about shootouts, right? Scary as hell, but like it was a, it was a funny action scene. I enjoyed watching it. So yeah, I definitely thumbs up for that. Yeah, production value very good this episode. Even the yeah. story was pretty good this episode. Dialogue was pretty good. Yeah, agreed. E everything felt very natural here. So I wish the rest of the series lived up to this. But it didn't, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, so we've got two more episodes of Kaleidoscope after this. And uh, on the white episode, we're going to be doing feedback. So make sure you go to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com if you want to email us. Or you can go to thelorehounds.com slash contact if you want to submit a form or leave us a voicemail. We'll play it live on air. Yeah, cool. New feature. So we've got uh, red and white, right? That's what's left. That's right. Okay. And white, we're going full spoilers. We're finally going to take ah. the chains off. Gosh. And then we're going to combine that with our season wrap. Yeah. Right. I don't have enough to say to justify a full season wrap podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've said a lot of it throughout all of these episodes. So. It's true. It's true. That's the problem with these binge shows is it's hard to yeah. like develop your show. It's hard to develop your thoughts over a period of time. Yeah. And especially one that we've had to silo from each other. So yeah. we can't talk about other episodes. It's it's been an, it's been an interesting experience. I will give it that. As yes. a junior podcaster, an up and coming junior podcaster, uh, it's been a good experience for us to try to navigate our way through this, figure out the logistics of it, change it. This is all season wrap stuff. I'm 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 spilling my beans for uh, the season wrap. But anyway, well, it's a lovely experience that I will never do again. <laughs> Fair enough. Should we thank our patrons? We should thank our patrons. So we've got our lore master patrons. It's our highest tier on Patreon. Uh, Samartian, Mark H, and Michael G. 
you guys are the real heroes. That's Homelander from the boys. Uh, no, really, it's it's uh, great. Thank you so much for supporting us. We spend a lot of time on these podcasts, and we, we've we been doing a lot lately, and we're glad that people are liking it. And this helps us make more podcasts and uh, helped us justify adding The Last of Us to our coverage. So uh, thank you again for allowing us to serve you and allowing yeah. us to fill your ears and your time. Yeah, and, and thank you to all our, our patrons, because uh, as John said, um, your guys' support helps us actually be able to sort of create the kind of quality product that we really care about and and that we're having fun doing. So thank you so much. All right. So at the time you hear this episode, we put out our first podcast on The Last of Us on HBO. So we're, we're doing full coverage alongside Jim and Aaron doing their full coverage on their feed. Uh, if you want to get feedback into us, it's T-L-O-U, The Last of Us, at thelorehounds.com. Or again, you can go to our website, thelorehounds.com slash contact and leave us a voicemail or a text message. Besides Kaleidoscope and The Last of Us, we have our next episode of Silmarillion Stories, uh, covering of the beginning of Days and of Ale and Yavanna, coming out on Monday the 30th. And on Friday, February 3rd, we'll have a Star Wars episode out with our thoughts on the first five episodes of The Bad Batch, Season 2, and more news about our upcoming show coverage and general Star Wars chatter. I've been enjoying uh, Bad Batch Season 2 so far. Episode 3 was really good. I really enjoyed it. So Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about it. Really great episode. Um, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it was very Clone Wars-y. In fact, we have mm, to talk okay. offline, but that they, they actually reference like a fairly fleshed out Clone Wars storyline in oh, this episode. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. We, we even have some Padme stuff coming into this. Oh no! <laughs> ah, you don't like Padme? No, well, no. You know, I'm just reacting to the the original the 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 the, the trilogy of movies that uh, George did. So. Oh yeah, no. Oh yeah, no. Padme herself, I have no issues. All right, that's all we have for you tonight, folks. So thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode. The Lorehounds podcast is produced by the Lorehounds and published by Bald Move. You can get ad-free and early versions of these episodes at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Connect with us on Twitter at thelorehounds. You can send questions and feedback about this podcast to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies, Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.